Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Hi, this is Scott Wolf, and this conversation is with Lee Fugel. That's Lee that you hear playing the piano. The song is I Don't Care, a song which Betty Taylor used to sing in Disneyland's historic live stage show, The Golden Horseshoe Review. That song is particularly special to Lee because he got to know Betty and the other horseshoe performers when he was the pre-show act to the famed stage show back in the 1960s. As part of his act, Lee would play the piano, banjo, trumpet, and trombone, and probably some other instruments I'm forgetting. Lee can even play some of those simultaneously. That's why Disneyland's legendary director of entertainment, Tommy Walker, wrote to Lee and said, and I quote, Your enthusiasm and ability to please an audience was great to see. Lee went on to also work for Knott's Berry Farm, where he performed internationally in Europe and Asia, representing the best of American talent. Since then, Lee continued delighting audiences throughout the years at fairs, festivals, and cruise ships. But he's not just a great entertainer. Lee also happens to be an expert in electrical engineering with a master's degree in applied physics, and he's the author of two textbooks in digital signal processing. To begin this interview from 2016, I asked Lee how he got his start at Disneyland. Here's Lee Fugel. I uh, had a uh, agent friend that had contacted uh, uh, Tommy Walker, and uh, we uh, he set up an appointment. and he, His car was was really an old car, and so we got to Las Vegas in his car, and the red oil light came on, and it was making kind of funny noises, and we thought we better shut it down. So we had to, we're looking at pushing it for I don't know about ten miles into Las Vegas in the heat. Well, I had my trombone and trumpet, so what I did was took the oil out of the trombone and the trumpet, poured it into his engine, and that was just enough with those little bottles of oil to make the light go off in his car, and we were able to drive it into Las Vegas. Oh my gosh, you're and f- kidding. And from there on, we put oil in it, and he, of course, repaid me with 30 weight for my trombone and trumpet and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how, that's how it came about, and then I went to... Well, did uh, he suggest that you go audition? Oh, yeah, yeah, and he, and he had uh, he'd made the audition with the Tommy Walker. Oh, so he was already in touch with him. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then with the, because uh, I'd been doing a lot of things in Utah, that's where we were from. We went from Salt Lake City to uh, Las Vegas and then on to Hollywood and stuff. But, and Tommy uh, was the head of entertainment. Yes, he was. At that time. That's yeah. right, he was. And he said, well, here's a new uh, film we're working on. And I, I believe it was Mary Poppins, I'm pretty sure it was. And I listened to it. And then the next day on the phone, played the songs for him. And it was not out on music yet, you know. And he was fairly impressed that I could do that. And he liked my. Style, he said, you're a born Disneylander. And so oh. that's, that's how I got my start. What year was that? That was, in, that was my first year, 1965. Oh, okay. And I played uh, 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 banjo. And then when I, uh, not too far later, I talked him into trying out my act that I have. And uh, they let me do the act. Yeah, and that worked, out to, that worked out so well that, uh, that I would do the act. And then they said, well, how about... I didn't have anything else to do. Did you want to play in the band too? I said, sure. And so I would, I would play the piano in the act. And then I'd say, we're going to let uh, Jerry King and his orchestra come down now. 
And uh, I want you girls to pay a special attention to the banjo player because he's really cute. <laughs> then, of course, I left the piano and Vince Rossi came in and sat at the piano and I picked up the banjo and stuff like that. And, this is the and it got a laugh. Horse review. Right. In the Golden Horse Right. Uh, but before I sat down in the band, then I did my 15, 20 minute show and they, they changed it from a warm up. They called it a pre show. And the people really liked it. Yeah. It was, uh, I was rated on a survey. Uh, one of the best non-audio animatronic entertainers in the park. <laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> yeah, so it was a two-week trial, and it kept for, going for three summers. What was Tommy Walker like? Oh, he was very nice. I I don't know of hardly anybody at Disneyland that wasn't nice. It's like an island of nice people when you go there. Tommy was very very good, very businesslike, but uh, very nice. In fact. Tommy later on moved over to Knott's Berry Farm, and when I went to audition to do some things there, he was the director of entertainment at Knott's Berry Farm. And so, because of Tommy Walker, uh, I got on at uh, Knott's Berry Farm to do some things, and we went to represent Knott's Berry Farm going to Japan and to uh, the Netherlands, Amsterdam, and so forth. And so, I got to fly all over the world as a kind of an ambassador for Knott's Berry Farm a little later on. And because of Tommy. Because of Tommy. Yeah, really nice as a banjo guy. player in the band, or where were you? Oh uh, you no, I started. I started with the uh, started doing the uh, uh, my piano act. I, I play piano and trumpet and. Uh, yeah, what was your act? Oh well. Well, because I, I, you're the first person I've ever known in my life who could play a trumpet and piano at the same time. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I, I would play the piano, and I had a, a, a really lightning fast piano things that I would do, and then. Uh, uh, just some funny things like I'd play two trumpets at once and th then three trumpets at once and stuff like that. On my last year, by the time I was, to my knowledge, the, the set up the best we would start, I would lead the sing-along and then I would do my act and so forth. And then I would stay there for the, uh, uh, to be in the, in the show. And as I mentioned with the, with the funny little thing with the banjo where I'd go in and watch the banjo player. Was there ever a pre-show before you did that? Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. The only pre-show was the one that Jerry King did where he would put up the slides with the Let Me Call You Sweetheart and then, and then he would uh, lead the audience and the band had to come. For them to not have to do the pre-show, they, they just loved my guts because they could stay up and they would go gamble is what they would do. They, they and Wally would play cards, nothing serious. I've heard they, a lot about poker games. Okay, all right, so that's <laughs> so. all right. Yeah, they would go up to Wally's dressing room and play poker. Yeah. And during the show, um, Wally would carry on a kind of a sub-conversation. He'd say, hey, Lucky, give me a drum roll here, meaning that uh, Jerry King had won some money or no. won some points in the last thing. So they had this whole thing, and then we would play. One time he got a, a new car, a Lincoln, and so we, when he came out, instead of his normal thing, we played the Continental, as in a Lincoln Continental. So it was this, this whole uh, sub-thing, and Wally was amazing the way he could do that. You know, and so were the, so they were actually talking on stage while he was doing his show. <laughs> That's amazing. I've never seen anybody that could do no. that before or since. But what was Wally like? Oh, Wally was so nice. He was. Uh, uh, he he helped me, and uh, uh, in fact, uh, he invited me on more than one occasion. He and his wife, I'm going to say Ellen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ellen Bogue, invited me out to their place and. Uh, 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 have supper with them uh, a couple of times uh, stay overnight with them swim in the pool the next morning and stuff Wally and Ellen took me to the uh, uh, Dorothy Chandler Pavilion or someplace in the LA Music Center and we watched uh, I'm gonna say Oliver and 
Wally takes me backstage and I thought, wow, I, Wally actually knows this actor and this actor. And he keeps going to the, like the star of the show and the star is going, Wally, how are you? You know? And so I got to meet that. Cool. They're just terrific people. Yeah. Did you work with Fulton then? Uh, yes. Yeah. What was he like to be with? Fulton was always on. Yeah. Fulton was always joking and saying stuff. Oh, he was funny. Yeah. Wally, Wally could, could, uh, uh Tone it down and stuff, but Fulton always one-liners all of the, all of the time. <laughs> he was just fun to be with. Yeah. What about fun. Betty? Betty Betty was a little more, uh, um, oh, what shall I say, reserved. Okay. A little more reserved. But on the on the last show, did did you want to hear about that? Sure. What that's yeah, like? Tell me about it. Sure. After three years on my last show, I was so touched. Everybody was so nice to me. The the Can Can girls invited me into their dressing room. It sounds like a big deal, but it really isn't. They're they're. Uh, uh, stage mom or whatever you call her, wardrobe mistress, that's it, was back there. And they had baked a cake for me. Can you believe that? Really? And so, and no, Wally said, I've never been invited backstage in the girls' dressing room. And well, there's a reason for that. And of course, Fulton was going nuts with all of the jokes and stuff that he could do and stuff. But they, they treated me so nice. And then when the show came, uh, they start out and Betty sings this song, uh, something about loud and funny and she's right. talking to the audience and she points right at me loud and funny you know <laughs> so she's kidding with me then uh wally he did the thing with the bogaloons mm -hmm. and he would call a little kid up and you know make right. the thing this time he called this kid up oh, and he, he said oh yeah <laughs> on my very last day on my very That's last funny. show he did oh, he man. called me up and he uh said, here's, here's something to help you uh, keep your company in college, because they knew I was leaving for college and finish my, finish my bachelor's degree and then go on to the master's and stuff. But, uh, but he did the, the Bogaloon for me and did that. And then I do a number where I hold an incredibly long note when I'm playing piano and, and trumpet at the same time. And it's just really hard, but you do this long note. And Sam Conti, who's one of the best trumpet players I've ever known, is backstage by a microphone so that as I end the long note and do my trademark, <gasps> and then do the finale, Sam Conti's got my note. So when I go, <gasps> the note is still going. <laughs> so, so he's playing this trick on me. <laughs> so you stop and it sounds like, yeah, it is, it, it sounds like it was all fate just for this one show and was stuff. Was he the trumpet player for the show then? Oh, yeah. The regular. Yeah, Vince. So you had, you had, was it Vince on the piano? Vince Rossi on piano. Sam Conti on the, on the uh, uh, trumpet. And Jerry King, of course, on the drums. Jerry King had uh, this one cymbal that looked like it had an alligator took a bite out of it. And I said, what gives? He says, oh, I hit it too hard. And it was always hurting my ear, you know, crash, crash, crash. And I said, uh, uh, how do you stand that, Jerry? With Because it's not that far from your right ear. He says, oh, I've been deaf in my right ear since birth. What? But here I am. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. But here I am thinking, if he can take it, I can take it. Yeah. What was the band like? Oh, they were fun. They were fun guys, Vince and those guys. They, they were they were older than I was. This was kind of a generation older. The band and Wally and stuff, and they would go up and play cards and play poker. And but I got to know people both behind the curtain and in front of the curtain. So I would kind of hang around with the, with the people in front of the curtain, the the staff. And they one time they they had very good sandwiches. I I I gave you a thing there. I think it's like forty or fifty cents for the sandwiches. And I said, I want. Can I get a sandwich? I was hungry. Uh, here's the, the 50 cents, and the one waitress said, well, why don't you get a Calypso sandwich? And I said, what's a Calypso sandwich? She, says, she said, uh, we can't sell them to the general public because they're day-old 
all day, all. And so I learned I could get a calypso sandwich, which were delicious, you know, for a dime. And so, and you could bring your own uh, a cup and have as much Pepsi-Cola as you want. I just made the mistake one time of saying, can I get a Coke? And you'd think I'd have said, I just shot somebody or something like that. It was just like... Because it was this is the Pepsi Cola Golden Horseshoe yeah. Review, and you do not say the c word in oh, in there. The Coke. The bartenders out front were also very nice and stuff. And you and I had talked about uh, the a marriage between between one of the food service right. and the other. And there were the singing waitresses we were kind of talking about as well. Oh yes, yes, yes. Which is something that uh, I never actually saw. That, that oh, was during your time, which was the '60s, I guess. Yeah. And was that before the show? They would actually. Yeah. Yeah. And then they would sing, and each one would have their songs, and I'm a pretty good piano player and didn't need the music, and so I would accompany, I'm guessing, 10, 12, 15 different singing waitresses as they played their songs and stuff, and the audience would love them. And, of course, the, the tables up front were very close to the piano, and uh, people would come in, and if, if nobody else wanted the tables, uh, a, a waitress, if she was going to sing, they were really good about that. Her parents and folks could come there and see her right up and just be so proud of her and stuff. Sure. Fulton, of course, would do something like this. He'd say, uh, right in the middle of it, he'd say, uh, hey, Jenny, those tables over there need cleaning up. You know, he had nothing to do with that. He's oh, just really? giving her a hard time. <laughs> he just just, just uh, busted her chops a little bit. Yeah, yeah, from the stage he'd peek yeah. out. And then just about then, as, the, as her parents are looking there, he'd say, I'm just kidding. She's, she's our star, and he was really nice and stuff. But they were just such nice people. I read in a newspaper article that one time Liberace visited yes. the Golden Horseshoe oh, yeah. and was very taken with your performance. He liked and it. And actually spent some time with you after the show? A little bit, a what, little bit what, of time. What happened? What was that? Well, all that was was uh, um, he's, when we'd have a celebrity, and we had a lot of them, I wrote down some of the names, Jack Lemon, Lucille Ball, Helen Hayes, uh, Betty Davis, Al Hurt, Liberace, just for some of them yeah. and so forth. Uh, Liberace came there and I, I put the candelabra from his old show. I don't know if you remember it or ever saw it or not, but oh, I but I had the candelabra built out of a out of a plumber's friend a candle sort of thing, and and you'd push the thing down, and it had a little hole in the bottom of it that I had drilled, yeah. and you could take the mic stand, and it looked like you were pumping it up, and so this thing would like go up like that. When he uh, when anybody would come. You didn't want them going out to the main gate because they'd be mobbed with autograph hounds and stuff. So they would take them up onto the stage out the back. It's not as pretty, but it, it was better for them, into the break area. And I just asked for his autograph. He didn't spend very long, just a few minutes, but I got a picture taken with him, which I haven't found yet, but what I will, I'll get to oh, you. Yeah. But he was just, just, just a real gentleman, just really nice. We and just, you, did you play trumpet in front of Al Hurt? You yes. Al Hurt. What was that like? Oh. Al again was just so nice. I said, "Oh, yeah, I was, actually didn't do the hard one." He said, "Hey, man, you should have done the hard stuff." I said, "Well, it's Al Hurt sitting two feet from me." Yeah. He says, "Oh, I would have loved it, man." And he he probably would have. He's just really nice. Do you remember any mishaps or anything when you were doing the shows? Oh yeah, yeah. One of the one of the things when you do five shows a day, six days a, a week, and stuff. They tend to blend into each other, one show. And I think on one occasion, maybe a couple, I'm, you're not even thinking about doing the show because you do it so often. And I forgot where I was in the show. Oh. So I, I finish a song or in the middle of a song, and then I'm thinking, ah, did I do that number? Did I not do that number? And so I kind of, afterwards, uh, uh, 
I, one of the, I think Vince or somebody was kidding me. He'd been listening and stuff. He said, did you know that you did that number twice? During there? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so yeah, there were mishaps on yeah. that. Doing it five days, five times a day. Yeah. You were doing. I never even thought about that, but that would make sense that you can oh, get yeah. confused after that. Well, we all did. You know, Wally did, Fulton did, the, the dancers did, the waitresses did. It was just a big, long day. Sure. One of those one of those breaks that we would have between shows is the one you use for your lunch break, and you learn to eat fast. Yeah. You know, you've got from when the show ends to, you know, get back and before the next show begins. Me especially, I worked willingly uh, quite a long time because I was there for the full Golden Horseshoe and the pre-show and, you know, all of that singing waitresses. So mine was especially short. Yeah. Wasn't there a time when the power went out? Yes, yes. Uh, we're in the middle of, I th it was the only time in the three summers I was there at Disneyland that, uh, that the, they ever lost power and it was really weird. All of the um, the buckets going from uh, Fantasyland to, uh, I forget, out there. Yeah, from Tomorrowland it, it, to Fantasyland. Tomorrowland, yes, thank you, to Fantasyland. They're stopped in there. Oh, they're all, all over the park. All over the park, oh. yeah. It was a big, it was like Anaheim. The okay. power went out on there. And we're in the Golden Horseshoe, and the only lights on are these battery-operated uh, security lights. Mm -hmm. You know, and you could still kind of see. Well, one of them was down there, and uh, I think Wally said... Hey, Lee, you want to do part of your act? Okay. So there's some things I hadn't done in the regular act oh. and so forth. And so I was on for a few minutes there. I forget. It was like 10 or 15 minutes. And the audience was getting a kick out of it. It wasn't the Golden Horseshoe Review. It's just some kid doing his show. Yeah. But when it came on, uh, uh, I was in the middle of a number and stuff. And they were very gracious and let me finish the number. But at the end of it, let's have a hand for Lee Fugel. Well, Slewfoot Sue, what, you know, and then they'd go right back into it and... So I got to do that. Real pros, all of you, oh. to be able to even handle a situation like that. I, I was flattered that they'd want me to, to, to trust me with that audience yeah. for that oh, time. But. Yeah, it says a lot. There's a video uh, on the Wonderful World of Color. Yeah. At the grand opening of New Orleans. Yeah. Square playing the banjo. For the opening of New Orleans, all of the press is in New Orleans, and Disney pirated, pardon the pun, but they pirated <laughs> entertainers from all over the park to do what they could do. Well, when I found out that I could play the banjo, they put me right on a Mike Fink keelboat, which there's no banjo players on the keelboats usually, but on this time there was, and so I'm doing the banjo and singing and stuff and doing my thing. Well, later on, as they think we need a banjo player for whatever reason, they decided they they like this this young kid with the mop of blonde hair, yeah. and there's a sequence on Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color that you know about that yeah. uh, shows me coming down the the stairs playing the banjo yeah. and it shows me walking into this giant group well that day there was nobody there other than the I think one girl was making flowers to kind right. of add things to it right that's in the video yeah. yeah but it shows like I'm this giant crowd of people watching right. me and there's nobody there but, oh, really? but the camera <laughs> a camera and a giant sunscreen or sun reflector I guess you'd call it a, a photographic reflector big you know four yeah. foot by eight foot reflecting the sun I spent the afternoon in sick bay. That was the only time I was sick at Disneyland because of heat stroke. Oh. Yeah, it was a hot day, and then you reflect the sun after that. Yeah. So it worked fine and everything, and we got the shots. But after that, I was in a cool, quiet place for about an hour till I oh. felt better. It just all looks so natural, and there you are. Yeah, and I'm, I'm there and uh, flirting with the audience, doing this with my eyebrows and stuff, and things to all of the, all of the girls and everybody else which are not there, you know, it's just to an open thing. <laughs> <laughs> you did it really well. <laughs> Thank you. But it was fun.
Is that you playing the banjo? It, it sounds like it was added. It was added. I don't know if it was your music or not. I played some music, and then I thought, wow, when I heard that thing, wow, I'm better than I remember. And then I found out later. <laughs> so that wasn't even your... For example, when you look at the opening sequence, you see uh, the back of the banjo player and a crowd out there. That was somebody else that they brought oh, in really? to, to, to do that, oh, just that kidding. first little opening shot. <laughs> yeah. But then as, as it's me going down the stairs playing the banjo, but not as good as the banjo player that they had. <laughs> Banjo's not my primary instrument. It's a, a trombone and a piano and yeah. stuff. And Walt was the host at that time of the TV show. That's right. That episode was called Disneyland Around the Season. That's correct. Did you ever see Walt? Yes, I did get to meet him. Oh, Walt, uh, of course, had his box, you know, that he was reserved. And usually some lucky person, if Walt was not going to show up for the show, which is 99 at least percent of the time, four or five lucky people would be ushered into this wonderful box that sits right by the, well, it's right here, right there. Uh, right next to the stage, and so they would see that. Well, uh, Walt came to that box one day, and I think it was Wally, who's always gracious and nice, introduced me to Walt Disney. We didn't talk at length, uh, Walt and I, but you know, you it was just to Walt by Wally Bogue. By Wally Bogue, yeah. We hope you've enjoyed this Mouse Clubhouse conversation. Thank you for joining us.